This is the day the Lord hath made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, we're approaching a brand new year. Are we ready? Welcome to Hal Brady Ministries. I'm pleased you've joined me, and I trust that the message in the music will be a blessing. I'm going to read for our scripture lesson from the Old Testament book of Joshua. We're going to begin at verse 3. Early in the morning, Joshua rose and set out from Shedem with all the Israelites, and they came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it, so that you may know the way you should go, for you shall not pass this way before. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come any nearer to it. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. To the priest Joshua said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on in front of the people. 
So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, which art our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What a fantastic New Year's text. What better subject to face a new year than this text? Moses is dead. Joshua carries on. Here's the situation. The promised land has been spied out and all systems are go. The Israelites have followed Joshua to the Jordan River. The long-awaited-for promised land is just ahead. A new and exciting day is finally dawning. But then it happens, trouble, a problem. Trouble, problems always come, don't they? They may be economic, personal, social, or any other kind, but they always come, trouble. I remember at the end of my junior year in college, I, along with 1,500 other ROTC cadets, spent the summer at Fort Benning. It was a very interesting time, to say the least. I was not much of a soldier, and I'll be the first to admit that. But I'll always remember the last day, the day of our dismissal. We had had the ceremonies, and then we had to change clothes. And we couldn't go back into the barracks because they had been cleaned for the next group. So we were out in the yard trying to take our clothes off with women walking through all the places. You can imagine this scene. We were running with one leg in the trousers and one out, trying to get dressed. Finally, we got all that worked out. And then I remember waiting to hear my name called. When they called my name, Hal Brady, I literally raced for my car in the parking lot. I couldn't wait to head out of Fort Benning and to go back home. I reached in my pocket when I got to my car to get the keys. That was the problem. There were no keys. And I suddenly remembered I'd left the keys in those khaki trousers. And those khaki trousers were now being collected with all the other cadets' trousers and shirts and socks and hats and everything, and they were being put on a truck, and the truck was on the way to the depot to be put with all the other trousers of Fort Benning. So I jumped on that truck and began to go through the pants pockets trying to find my keys. A friend was helping me. I didn't find them. The friend did, though he didn't tell me. And so 30 minutes later, when that truck pulled up at the depot, I was exhausted and exasperated. And he reached in his pocket and pulled out my keys and said, Is this what you're looking for? As I said, obstacles, trouble, always comes. I read recently about a town in Michigan that bought 50 flagpoles. You know, flagpoles are needed and necessary. That's fine. The problem was the town ran out of money. So they couldn't buy the flags. What is more useless than flagpoles without a flag? As I said, obstacles always come. No question about that. Almost as soon as the Israelites set out upon their new venture, they came to a barrier. It must have been a discouraging moment, to say the least. They had traveled 40 years through the wilderness. They had come to this just before the promised land, they had come to the Jordan River. They could see their destination, but they couldn't reach it. You see, it was springtime, and the Jordan River was flooding. There were no boats or bridges. 
They could see the destination so clearly, but they just couldn't reach it. They couldn't get across. And so then we're told that they had to wait for three days. So at the end of those miserable three days, what did Joshua do? He sent his messengers out among the people to tell them that when they saw the Ark of the Covenant being carried by the Levitical priests, that they were to move out. They were to follow the Ark of God, symbolizing the presence of God, into this new promised land. You see, they were entering a brand new territory, unfamiliar with them and to them. And so here they were, needing the presence of God to lead them. Now I want to ask you, what is Joshua trying to say to us as we get ready to enter the new year 2012? That's the question of this hour. First of all, he says, acknowledge God and live reverently. Do you remember the movie, The Bucket List? There were two men who didn't know each other, came from different backgrounds. They met each other in the cancer ward of a hospital where they were both patients. And you remember the story. They decided that they would make a bucket list of things they wanted to do before they kicked the bucket. And that's what they did. Now, there was a minister who was watching this movie. He was 44 years of age. He said he had already sort of stopped dreaming. He had realized that he wasn't going to make his goals. And so he was just sitting back, just living in a rut. But he said when he saw that movie, he decided to make his own bucket list. And his bucket list had 50 items. Some of these are these. I just want to read you a few. Number one, celebrate an anniversary in Italy. Take a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Fly an F-16 jet. Play Augusta National Golf Club. Write a book that people will actually read. Build my dream home. Make enough money so that I can reverse tithe. I can give 90% annually and live on 10%. Go to every Major League Baseball park with one of my boys. This minister said when he made this bucket list, it got him all excited about life again. He said he stirred up his passions and he felt so good about it. Well, what about our spirituality? Where are we in our spirituality? Have we stopped dreaming? Have we stopped trying to move ahead and suddenly just decided to survive? And in the process, we've lost our way. We've lost our passion and we've gotten down in the dumps, to say the least. Notice that the children of Israel are to be led into the promised land, not by the military, but by the priest. They're to be led by the Spirit of God. That's what the ark symbolizes, the Spirit of God. Joshua says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, go after it. As I said, this, of course, symbolizes the presence of God. And so they ought to follow after that presence. Now, why are these Israelites to keep the Ark in sight? Because they're going into unknown territory. They have not been there before. Consequently, unless God gives them the guidance and the leadership, they'll be in trouble, to say the least. In a familiar story, a young man was about to leave to join the army to go off to war. He went by to see his priest. They were talking about where he might go and all of these sort of things. And the priest gave him a picture of the church and he said, let me ask you something. What about your faith? Is your faith in good shape as you go, lest you might need it before you get back? The priest said he loved the young man's answer. The young man said, I believe in God and I believe God knows what he's doing. The late W.A.W. Tozier, 
A popular preacher said, a low view of God can cause a hundred lesser evils. A high view of God is the solution to 10,000 temporal problems. In other words, if you want to live a victorious life, then follow the ark of God when you see it. I think there are several reasons why we need to honor God, acknowledge God, and live reverently, and I just want to mention them to you. First, we are temporary. The only people who have a permanent arrangement with life are those who are out in the cemetery. Only God is permanent. God is permanent. He is the everlasting God. The rest of us are very temporary, very temporal. And then secondly, we are post-September the 11th. Post-September the 11th. Do you know, since that fearful day in September of 2001, we have never been the same. We lost something. We lost symbols of power, symbols of daily life. We lost innocent lives. We lost a lot on that day. A United Methodist minister from Virginia said the week after that 9-1-1 experience, he and his church set up a table of symbols. They wanted to remind people of God's power and God's love. Behind that table was a paschal candle. In other words, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and that's what this candle represents. And the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. And then there were other things on that table. There, for instance, was a large rock. The world may be falling around, but we can still sing, On Christ the solid rock I stand. And he said there was a cell phone. Now, a cell phone is not a religious symbol, but a cell phone reminds us of those marvelous calls that those people made to their loved ones when they were about to perish. It also reminds us that we ourselves need to be communicating with God continually, always, a good thing to remember as we move into the new year. Another thing on that table was healing oil. The people in the church were asked to come to the altar to be marked as God's disciples. They were also asked to remember that they are the healers. They are the healers of God for the nations in the world. There were other symbols, but one of the symbols I want you to particularly remember is the symbol of the cross. Of course, the cross represented death and destruction, but for us it's become the symbol of hope and life. These symbols were placed on that table because they reminded people of the power and love of God in their lives and in our lives. Another reason we should acknowledge God and live reverently is because God asked us to do it. He told those children of Israel to when they saw the ark of the Lord, that covenant, to follow it. But he said, follow it at a thousand yards behind. Why was that? Because God was saying that he was holy. We religious people from time to time tend to forget the holiness of God in our own lives. We are being reminded again of the holiness of God. God says, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And then we should also acknowledge God and live reverently out of gratitude. When Franz Hodden was criticized because he did not do the things that the straight-laced people wanted, his music was excited. This is what he said to them before they criticized him. Since God has given me a cheerful spirit, he will forgive me for making my music cheerful. That's gratitude. So the first thing we need to remember, acknowledge God and live reverently. And then secondly, secondly, set out. That's what we're told. 
There was a battle at Shallow during the Civil War, and there was a young soldier from the north, Ohio. This young soldier was shot in the arm. The captain realized he had been shot, and the captain said, give me your rifle, son, and get back to the rear. So the boy started back to the rear. He went north. With about two to three hundred yards, he ran into another skirmish. So he ran east. As he ran east, he also ran into another battle. And then he ran west, and there was another battle going on in the west. So finally, he just turned around and ran back to the captain. He said, give me my rifle, sir. He said, there's no rear to this battle. There's no rear to this battle. And as we prepare to enter into the new year, 2012, there is no rear to the potential problems we may run into. So what are we told? Joshua said, set out. When you see the ark of the Lord your God set out, notice he didn't say sneak out, squirm out, crawl out. He said set out. Acknowledge God and set out. See God and set out. That's what he tells us over and over again. So we need, when we see the ark of the Lord, we need to set out. Now, I love those words, set out. So I want to try to explain to you briefly what I think they mean. Set out, first of all, means hang in there. Sometimes that's all we can do. We can just hang in there. That's the best thing we can do. Do you know, Napoleon wrote a book called Maxims of War. He listed 78 principles. It's amazing how many of these principles you can use in the living of life. Now, everybody knows that the first characteristic of a soldier is courage. Isn't it interesting that in Napoleon's maxims of war, he didn't list courage as the first qualification. He listed fortitude. Sometimes we simply have to survive to arrive. Sometimes we have to survive before we can develop courage. Fortitude, it simply means endurance. It means a good, hard spirit, a steady spirit. It means enduring fortitude. When we see people facing the hardships of life and they're facing them with fortitude, then we know that we're seeing good soldiers. And then the second thing this means is not only hang in there, the second thing it means, it also means move along. Move along. It means be careful with self-pity. Move along and be careful with self-pity. There was an interesting story that was told in an Atlanta paper. This young woman was trying to give her daughter, two-year-old daughter, some medicine by spoon. But the little girl was determined she was not going to take it. When the mother would put the spoon up there, she would bite her lips, turn her face, hit the spoon. And the mother tried everything she knew to get this little girl to take the medicine, the spoonful of medicine. But she wouldn't do it. Finally, the mother became so discouraged that she just started crying and went and lay across her bed, sobbing. And then in a few minutes, she heard laughter in the kitchen. It was her little girl's voice. So she got up in a curious way and went, and she saw what was happening. The grandmother had solved the problem. She had taken the medicine that the mother had had in the spoon, and she had placed that in the orange juice. And then she had got a hold of a spray, and she had put the put the juice and the medicine in the spray, and she was spraying it, squirting it into the daughter's mouth, and she was having a good time. Now, we have only so much energy. If we waste it on self-pity, we'll not be able to develop some creative solutions. We'll not be able to develop some creative solutions.
Hang in there. Hang in there. Don't become full of self-pity. Set out. And then thirdly, dwell in possibility. Dwell in possibility. A few years ago, a friend gave me a gift that I have treasured. It was a silver paperweight. It was a really heavy weight. Only with these words, dwell in possibility. When I think about those words, I think about what Joshua said to the children of Israel. He said, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There's a preacher by the name of Godly. He was celebrating his 83rd birthday. And somebody asked him, if you could, what 10 years of your life would you live over? He replied instantly, the next 10. To me, that reminds me of Joshua's word, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In 1934, a 17-year-old girl was performing on amateur night at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. She was supposed to dance. She was supposed to follow this dynamic duo that had danced ahead of her. But she decided she couldn't keep up with them. So she decided to go out there and sing. She had never sung in public before, but she decided to sing. Her name, Ella Fitzgerald. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And then there was Stan Musial, the great baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals, who's a Hall of Famer. He was known for his consistency on the baseball team. One day a teammate came in and he said, you know, I feel great. I'm in a good groove. My home life is well. I feel like I'm going to get two hits today, Stan. You ever felt that way? Stan Musial replied, every day. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How important that is. There's a line that I like from Cinderella. It goes like this. Sensible people say it's impossible, but impossible things happen every day. Listen to that again. Sensible people say it's impossible, but impossible things happen every day. So how do we dwell in possibility? Simply these four ways. We remember what God has done in the past. Secondly, we remember that it's God's power and not our own. Third, we remember to give God the glory. The battle is always His. And fourthly, we remember to move forward in trust without delay. As Joshua said, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And let us be about our business without delay. He's going to do wonders among us. And aren't we grateful? Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for this brand new year. A new opportunity to live for you. We are grateful for all you've done for us in the past. We realize we failed you in many ways. We ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us and give us a new slate and help us as we start out this year to trust in you in a fresh and vital way and to allow you to lead us in and through the ways that you want us to go. Thank you again for this time together. We give you the praise and the glory for all things. Amen. Thank you very much for joining me or tonight for this service, and I hope you have a very wonderful new year, and let's covet to do what God would have us to do. Blessings on you. Good night. Someday you will save the world, but tonight I'll hold you right here Precious me.
child of love, gift of hope, the gift of light, from the Father above, and you were made for all mankind, but you will always be mine, child. God has blessed this world with you. And as I humbly hold you now, in my heart I know I'm holding Precious miracle of life, child of love, gift of hope, the gift of light, from the Father above, and you were made for all mankind, but you will always be mine, child of love. Precious miracle of life, child of love, gift of hope, the gift of light, from the Father above, and you were made for all mankind, but you will always be mine, child.